Hello, thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN. I'm here today with Jesse McGill, APACN Curriculum Development Specialist, to continue our podcast series on the upcoming changes to the MDS. Today's podcast will focus on the MDS changes that will address social determinants of health. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Amy. I'm glad to join you today. Jesse, during our last podcast, we discussed the changes to race and ethnicity, which are also considered social determinants of health, and you provided a definition of social determinants of health. Could you reiterate that for our listeners on this podcast? Yes, and the definition came from Healthy People 2030. Social determinants of health are conditions in the environment where people are born, live, learn, work, play, worship, and age that affect a wide range of health, functioning, and quality of life outcomes and risks. So, Understanding this definition helps us to recognize that several items that will be added to the MDS, including the changes to race and ethnicity that we discussed last week, fall into the category of social determinants of health. What additional social determinants of health items will we see added to the MDS this October? We'll see items that address transportation, health literacy, and social isolation added to the MDS, which will become effective October 1st, 2023. I understand that we do not have an RAI user's manual available for these new items yet, but what do we know about these items so far? Well, we do have the draft MDS item sets, so we know what MDS items will likely be on each MDS item set, But like you said, without the updated REI user's manual, we do not have the full instructions. The draft MDS 3.0 Nursing Home Comprehensive item set tells us that for transportation, the new question will be, has lack of transportation kept you from medical appointments, meetings, work, or getting things needed for daily living? This question is only asked if the assessment is a five-day Medicare assessment or if the assessment is a planned PPS Part A discharge. This item will also be addressed if the assessment is combined with another assessment, such as a five-day with an over-admission, as long as part of the assessment type meets the criteria of either having a five-day or a planned PPS Part A discharge. So another way to look at this is that transportation is assessed at the beginning of the Medicare stay on the five day and at the end of the Medicare stay on the PPS discharge. What can you tell us about how we will assess health literacy on the MDS this October? The draft MDS item sets includes the following question for health literacy. How often do you need to have someone help you when you read instructions, pamphlets, or other written material from your doctor or pharmacy? It has answer options for never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always. Additionally, there are options to code if the resident declines to respond or if the resident is unable to respond. On the draft item set, it also has instructions to complete this question 
only if it's a Medicare five-day assessment or if the assessment is, again, a planned PPS Part A discharge. So just like for transportation, health literacy will also only be assessed at the beginning of a Medicare stay on the five-day and at the end of the Medicare stay on a PPS discharge that was also a planned discharge. I believe that brings us to the last new social determinant of health item, social isolation. What can you tell us about this item? The draft item set notes the following question for social isolation. How often do you feel lonely or isolated from those around you? Social isolation has identical response options to the health literacy question. However, unlike health literacy and transportation, social isolation is coded on most of the MDS item sets, including the OBRA comprehensive and quarterlies, OBRA discharge, the PPS Part A discharge, and the five-day Medicare assessment. However, social isolation is not assessed on the IPA, which is the interim payment assessment, since it does not impact Medicare reimbursement. Thanks for that information, Jesse. I believe in our last podcast, you mentioned that social determinants of health are also SPADES, or the Standardized Patient Assessment Data Elements, that if dashed, could count against the facility's compliance with the SNF Quality Reporting Program requirements. Does this apply to these items as well? I'm glad you brought this up, Amy. All the items discussed today, which will include A1250 Transportation, B1300 Health Literacy, and D0700 Social Isolation, are listed on the SNF Quality Reporting Program Fiscal Year 2025 Program Year File. But they all also have a notation that a dash is not an allowable response value for any of these items. So just to talk about SNFQRP and understanding this file a little better, CMS releases an overview file for each SNFQRP program fiscal year and exactly which items must be reported on which assessment types in order to be in compliance with the reporting requirements. For fiscal year 2025 program year, This uses calendar year 2023 data. So the new items that will be coded this October will be included in the compliance requirements for quarter four of 2023. And just a reminder to our listeners, MDS assessments must have 100% of the data on 80% of the required assessments to be in compliance. Failure to achieve this would result in a 2% reduction to your Medicare Annual Payment Update, or APU, for that program year. Jesse, this has been great information on these new MDS items. To add a little more depth to these items, can you give our listeners some insight into how this information should be used beyond MDS coding? Absolutely. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Social determinants of health are those conditions in the environment where people are born, live, learn, work, play, worship, and age that affect a wide range of health, functioning, and quality of life, outcomes, and risks. So again, using that definition to understand why these items are so important, when we look at transportation, transportation is assessed at the beginning and end of the Medicare stay. 
If at the beginning of the stay, the resident reports that transportation has been a barrier to getting medications or to attend health appointments, this would be a barrier to discharge that the facility would want to address as part of the discharge planning process that starts at that time of admission. Is the facility able to use resources from the community? If needed, they may need to reach out to the local contact agency to find out more about what resources are available in the residence community. Failure to address this barrier prior to the resident discharging back to the community increases the risk of rehospitalization post-discharge. Health literacy is also assessed at the beginning and the end of the Medicare stay. And if a barrier is noted in health literacy at the beginning of the stay, what supports and services have the facility staff put in place to help with health literacy? Again, this should be part of the discharge planning process that starts at the beginning of the stay. Thank you. That's very helpful information. What suggestions do you have for using the information gathered for social isolation? I think we should start with a good understanding of what social isolation is. The National Institute on Aging defines social isolation as the lack of social contacts and having few people to interact with regularly. You can live alone and not feel lonely or socially isolated and you can feel lonely while being around other people. However, we must also consider that the REI user's manual, when we get that update, may define social isolation differently. So whenever we have that REI user's manual definition of social isolation, we will need to apply that definition. The National Institute on Aging also states that social isolation can increase a resident's risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, dementia, and even death. So when a resident reports feeling socially isolated from those around them, it should be addressed with an interdisciplinary approach. Staff may need to work with the resident and or family to identify activities that the resident may enjoy. Work with family to schedule in-person or virtual engagements. If the resident likes animals, consider pet therapy. Invite the resident to large or small exercise groups and continue to explore the resident's interests and assess for improvements in feelings of social isolation. Thank you, Jesse. You have given our listeners much to consider as they prepare for this October. And there's more to come in our next episode in the series. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACCHAT podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at AbilityNetwork.com slash a pack-in.